You are listening to Core, a show on Code Zero Radio that plays bands located in the Fox Cities. A show to find and discover new music. Hosted by Andy McNamara. It brings me great pleasure to introduce my guest. I'd like to welcome to the studio host of High Anxiety Radio. It airs Wednesday night right here on WCZR. The show typically is two hours of great punk music and he mixes it up, mix, mixes up the format once in a while and has different guests on, musical guests, and it's a show to check out if you haven't. I'd like to welcome Joel Ziegler to CORE. Hey, what's up, Andy? Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So we've known each other for quite a while. We have. I consider you one of my good friends. And right off the bat, you did a show earlier, so thank you for double doing this today. And I was running late, too. I told you I'd be up at 1, and I walked in at 12.59. So <laughs> Punk time. For my time, that's fairly good. Thank you for having me. You've been a fixture in the, the Fond du Lac music scene for quite a while. Was. I really not, you know, too much anymore. We should probably start off with, with talking about your show, which airs on Wednesday night. Yeah, totally. So can you tell us a little bit about High Anxiety Radio, what, what the show format is and what people can expect if they've never listened to the show before? I play just mostly like punk music, but I'll throw in like surf hardcore just different types of punk music and stuff like that it's on every wednesday night from seven to nine i used to have guests in fact i'm starting to bring them back now but just about a year ago i I recorded two shows in your basement here one with tyler streeter of tyler and the streeters and you were or are still i think it's currently still active (laughs) with this whole covid thing who knows anymore and the other one with the infamous l-o-double-t which is just He's awesome. Both of those were good shows. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for letting me do them here. And then COVID hit and everything fell apart, obviously. I'm slowly starting to bring back guests now. I had my friend Brian DeBerg on last week, and you're going to be on this week. The shows are interesting because when you have guests on, musical guests, instead of just playing their music, you let them sometimes take control of the show and and play what they want to play yeah exactly what i do is um just tell people to bring 20 songs whatever Mo- i try to keep it in the punk realm i've only had to tell like one person he couldn't play stuff <laughs> and, um, and other than that they can play whatever they want and then i play like my songs and that's the show and if a band's on then they will choose like four or five songs next week i'm going to have a uh, court cost from Fond du Lac and Milwaukee, I guess, are from both places on. And they've been around for a while. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Well, actually, well, technically, you're on next week, which may be late. <laughs> then them, and then my co-host Sarah and I are going to be doing a show together. So um, then I think I've got somebody else for the last month, the last week in May. If, if there's an artist out there, a band that is interested in being on your show, do you have a style, a certain style? Are you only looking for punk bands or are you looking for... Not at all. There was a Monica and the Explosion, a woman from Australia just hit me up last week and I played her on this pr- my previous last week's show and I'm going to have her on in the future just because she's originally from Sweden and she lives in Australia now. Here, I brought you some liquid death water. <laughs> You're not a sponsor or anything, but kill your thirst with liquid death. Actually, I've met the guy who runs this. He's good friends with my friend who lives in uh, Moscow, Utah. Oh, yeah, you, Joe. This is 
spring water in a can. Here you go, Andy. Cheers. Why I brought that up because I'm thirsty. <laughs> the reason why I was running late is I wanted a haircut for this show. So I literally just got a haircut and I brushed my teeth. So I'm like, my mouth is really dry. Then I jumped to my car and drove like 90 here. We've known each other for quite a while. Yes. Yeah, so um, 96. I'd say before that. Okay. But it's I'm, hard to say. I'm absolutely terrible with time. Yeah, so am I, especially when you get further removed from it. Correct. But when I met you, I, I think a, a thing we had in common right away was music. Yeah, of course. And you've been into the same type of music the whole time I've known you. Like some people have the phases. They listen to stuff in high school that they don't listen to now. But you've pretty much been solid. There, are there bands that you listened to back then that you absolutely can't listen to now? Oh, yeah. There are certain bands and there are quite a few actually. But then give it a little time and I'll throw it on once. And then it's great again, but then I just can't listen to it. And does that mean I have like arrested development where I've been changed <laughs> since I was like, that's a not teenager? a bad, that's not a bad thing. No, that just I means can't. you knew who you were at an early age. Yeah. And I still am very passionate about it too. You had a, you had a record label for a while called almost good music. I've got a couple discs here. Uh, we'll talk about a couple of them. Which one came first? The comp? The comp was the first thing we released. So this was the first thing put out on Almost Good Music. It is lesson for today. I think Hopi Schwefel modified the artwork for this one. Yeah, we took the name. There's a band called Filth, and they have a song called Today's Lessons, or Let Today's Lesson. That's where we got the name from. What made you jump ship and start a record label? You know, like, I was going to tech school, and I was in a class with some dude, and we were talking about starting a label. And I was going to call it Protest Records. And then that never happened. I'm trying to remember. This says 2002, but I'm pretty sure we did this in like 2001 or so. You're probably working on it earlier and then it came Correct, out. Correct, yeah. I, I thought 2000, but apparently that's just 2002. Like I said, I'm terrible at time. I'm going to try to turn my furnace off quickly here. <laughs> that's fine. So when that came out, you just decided to get 20 songs on there? Yeah, 21. The first band... Jinxed was working on their first recordings, which technically these two songs were it. And also um, that other song, uh, Going to Be the One, which is off another compilation. So they were looking to do something with the songs. And um, I kept talking to people, putting a, starting a record label. The first band we contacted was a band called Defiance. I was a big Defiance fan. I still listen to them occasionally. They're still good. I sent them Jinx Link. Like they offered to put something on and... They were a little too punk for the label, so they just stopped writing to us. Obi <laughs> always said it was because of how Matt looked. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? Not like Matt's listening, but still. And then um, the band after that we got was Hudson Falcons uh, from New Jersey. And then I started writing to them about being on the label. They asked to play to Fond du Lac, so they came and started playing Fond du Lac. And then they brought their friends, the GC5, with them. And it kind of snowballed from there with us putting on shows. What was the initial reaction to the comp? Because CDs back then were, I mean, that's how people got their music for the most part. Yeah. Um, I don't recall too much. I know my friend, Mike Kamazak, said it was one of the worst things he's ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I remember the negative stuff. I don't remember. <laughs> I remember, like, we have Agnostic Front on here and, a lot of people thought that was great. I mean, that we were able to do that. We can go song by song and explain to you, like, we. Um, you can pick the highlights off there. And I just mean, explain. You kind of have been. 
Yeah, well, like Hudson Falcons, I wrote to them. They came to Fond du Lac. GC5, the next band, same thing. They played Fond du Lac. Jinx, Agnostic Front played in Milwaukee, and after the show, Opie and I went up to Vinny Stigma, their guitarist, talked to him. He told us to talk to Roger, so we went in the basement, and Roger was, like, changing. So we sat there talking to them for a while, and we asked them to be on the comp. They said, yeah. Die Hard Youth was a hardcore band from California that I was in contact with for a while. The only thing I remember was him asking me what coast Wisconsin was on. What was it pretty loose as far as getting permission? Oh, yeah. I mean, did you have you didn't have to have them sign anything? Did um, you? The only band that we had issues with was Jersey. No, not Jersey. I'm sorry, Bigwig. Um, and their label picked out the song to be on it. What was the name of that song? I, uh, uh, Hope. That I, that was one of my favorites on the comp. Maybe that's why their label picked it out. <laughs> and then we also had like permission from Borsa Sprinkler and um, a band I'm really into, JFA, which I'm still into even back then. And I don't recall why we didn't put them on. I don't think I'll be wanted them on. And Boris, I don't remember why either. Well, then eventually you put out this comp here. You Instead of doing a comp with so many bands, you did a, a split. There's 13 songs on here. There's a bunch from the motorcycle prom dates and then the shut-ups. Yeah. And in between then, we put out an album by um, Straight to Your Brain. I can't remember the name of that album. I think Once, I might have it over there. I'm not you sure. You probably do, I'm sure. And then, um, yeah, then this split with the motorcycle prom dates and the shut-ups, which was fairly good. Now, when you were doing that one, I'm guessing you did paid for the CD and, and all that. Yeah. Did you pick two bands because they were touring and able to sell the CDs? Because you obviously wanted to make some money back on it, or at least make back what you put into it? Yeah, I probably never even came close. I don't recall. It's been so long. On motorcycle prom dates, we definitely got all the money back. I probably still have quite a few in my basement or something, which I'm just going to give to Daniel James, the guitarist of the motorcycle prom dates. I told him I would next time I see him. And then I think the Almost Good label was kind of put on some releases. Well, all the IDFK releases through Correct. then and the Pudge releases and I'm kind of creating a catalog of stuff. Do you have any more drive to put out anything or is that ship yeah, sailed? Absolutely not. Yeah. I just was talking to a friend who wants to put out a split seven inch, Dustin Pixley, who's been on my show quite a few bit, quite a few times. Him and I were going to start another show called Noise Pollution Radio, which we did your band, Pudge. And also, before we go on, congratulations on your 25th oh, thank you. anniversary. That's significantly Very nice. amazing. Very kind of you. Thank yeah, you. It was a great show, too. Kind of wish I was here to interview you just... So or or Bob or somebody was here to interview you, that way you could have thirtieth per day. Yeah, <laughs> you did the label thing, and then what? What made you decide just to stop? Releasing? Um, you just decided not to release yeah, anything else. Laziness <laughs> <laughs> takes a lot of effort to go to stores. I mean, to go to the post office and mail out stuff. And you you did a zine for a while, so you've you kind of had your fingers in a lot of different places. You you. you had a zine called Last Man Standing. Yeah. And um, I think I wrote something for that. You had Derek Fruta, I believe, right? Or Walt. Walt Hamburger. You had a bunch of people writing yeah. for it. And that was online for a while. Correct. That was the early 2000s, too. I don't remember. My friend Sam Richard. How that started, my friend Sam Richard from Minnesota had his own online zine, and I started writing for that. And then Jason Ramirez had his own paper zine called The Penny Zine. Then he also had one called Dear Frat Boy, 
which was hilarious. It was like you were writing to a frat boy and he was telling you how to like roofie stuff. And it was very funny. So him and I started last man standing. Then I just got people I knew to like write reviews and write stories and stuff like that. What did you write? Do you remember? I have no idea. Yeah. You know, that's 20 years ago, dude. Like probably. I feel like I, maybe I would have put an interview in there or something. I'm not sure. That's kind of what I was doing at the time, but. I'm not sure. I, I tried looking for it online to see if there's any like cached copies out there, but I couldn't find anything. I once interviewed um, Jerry, no, uh, Bobby Steele of the Undead, and he was one of the early members of the Misfits. And I was trying to find that because I wanted to repost it because that turned out really well. We did a email interview with Henry Rollins. Yeah, and that was just like one word answers. <laughs> I remember that. How long do you think he spent on it? A minute. <laughs> hey. He still replied back, though. That's the thing. And he probably gets, specifically 20 years ago, he probably got a ton of those, too. Well, you were doing it. I think it was for the zines, too. You were doing interviews with bands back then. I remember you did one with Phil, Tony, and I after a pod show. And then you did, you interviewed some bands down in Madison at a show we were at down in Madison. I don't remember the name of the band. The Rustabouts. Yeah. I don't think. I don't think you ever finished no, I was it though. Like blackout drunk there. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was weird because I, I think it was before after they played, we went to uh, like a, a side room or something in the university somewhere. And I remember there was like a big table and we were sitting around it. And yeah, you had a had a few that night. You know how conversations can get. Everybody was kind of like that. Yeah. Who knows what happened to that interview? Because I, I think you recorded it, if I remember right. I did. And I also did another one with the Hudson Falcons. I was like extremely long and it took me like 12 hours to type up i remember that so you don't have copies of any of these anywhere no, I don't. that's too bad i remember when julie my friend julie freund was like proofreading my one with the hudson falcon she said she got a headache because <laughs> <laughs> but it was long i just remember like it literally took me 12 hours to type out how have you been doing with the lack of shows during covid I miss them. Like going used to, to hit shows, up quite a few. That yeah. was sort of how how your week was scheduled. Was. Correct. Like almost every weekend, I was going to shows at least once a month. My goal always was to go to a show at least once a month, but normally it would be like twice, three times a month. You know, like pretty much almost every weekend. That and going to movies are my two things I really enjoy doing. When I go to movies, like to a theater, I can just shut my mind down. I watched Coming to America last two last night. How many how many J's do you give it? Um, I keep seeing reviews that it was just awful, and I'm like, I laughed once, <laughs> and I enjoyed the ending. It was fine. I'm definitely not going to say it was a good movie, but it wasn't nearly as bad as what people, in my mind, what people say. What have you been up to, Andy? Have you been watching any TV shows or anything? We've been kind of watching Community. Okay. And that's that's about it. But back to you. Okay. <laughs> You've seen a lot of shows. One show that you've seen that I'm very jealous of is Babes in Toyland. You saw them at Riot Fest, and you did not like them very much. Yeah. And I don't think you watched much of them. Jealous, because I don't know if I told you this yet, but I hear that uh, the singer for the band Cat has stage four liver cancer oh, and, man, in hospice, sucks. so that's oh, wow. unfortunate. They were always on my bucket list to see. Um, is there a band that's on your bucket list that you haven't seen yet? Yeah, the Pogues are a band I always wanted to see. Are they which, still active? Um, I don't think so. I don't know, really. I, I know like um, their guitarist, who I can't think of their name, who I think wrote a lot of their songs. It's not Jim. It's the other guy Um, died a few years ago. So I don't know. And with Shane McGowan, 
if you know who that is, their singer, he's just like a wreck. Um, them, the Stray Cats, I regret not seeing a few years back when they were on tour. And I always really wanted to see Tom Petty, which I did not. So I regret that. So that's about it. I've seen so many bands. You've seen like some of the legendary bands. You've seen the Ramones. You've seen Johnny Cash. I was a little kid. You know, still like, saw. I did so still there. I didn't appreciate it or anything. <laughs> are there any like what are the top five off off your head that you've seen? Circle Jerks, Cox Bar. Those are the two top ones off the top of my head. I'd actually have to even look at my list because sometimes when I look at it a little like, oh shit, I did see this band before. Like I completely forgot. And you've you've flown to a lot of different states just to see a show. Yeah. You've gone to New York to see shows. You've based trips around shows. Well, Florida with Fest. Correct. Right yeah. in Las Vegas. They had it there a couple times. Yeah. Um, uh, that's punk rock bowling. Oh, okay. I normally go to that every year. This year it's going to be on the same weekend as my, if it even happens. That's always Memorial Day weekend, but now it's being pushed back to September. And I've got a wedding that weekend, so I don't think I'm going to go. Plus, the lineup's not that good so far. <laughs> There's like no European bands. It's all American bands. They probably figure that people can't fly internationally here for that stuff. I don't know. What's your opinion on Riot Fest? Because a lot of people have said that they've kind of started to move away from punk and it's more like rock bands. Oh, and completely. Yeah. It's not really my thing anymore. You still go though. I do because there's always like three or four, like Cox Bar played last or the last time it was going on. There's always a few bands I always do like. Circle Jerks were scheduled to play, which if they're playing, I'd probably just go, if they're playing an after show, just go to that instead. Like the lineup this year doesn't do much for me at all. And then I think it's the lineup they had last year, but they're kind of pulling it over. I think so. Or they're going to reannounce it. The punk rock bowling thing makes me mad because I had until yesterday to get my money back because I'm probably not going to be going. And I filled out the application five times and resent it in, and they never wrote back to me. So hopefully I'm getting my money back. Yeah, it's I know some venues just completely folded and kept everything. And yeah, exactly. These brown paper bag tickets, I think, had some issues with with their stuff. And yeah, I mean, that's, it'll be interesting to see what comes out the other side once, once this is over, but the brown paper ticket thing, um, they, they always would only charge you like 75 cents for your surcharge. Like who does fast? The people who put it on, they only charge you a dollar. That's not bad. Yeah. Instead of like, if you go through Ticketmaster, where it's like $50 or whatever, it's not 50, but still. So you've been, on the scene for a long time in the music scene, how has it changed from your perspective? Because you have never really been there in a band playing shows, but you've been booking shows. You've done the record label thing. You've probably done more than a lot of people that are in bands. So to you, how has the scene changed specifically in the Fond du Lac, Oshkosh area from the nineties to today? It goes up and down. Like right now, I don't think there's a scene I've, you know, I have a small group of people during COVID that I talk to, like, and that's about it. And, um, you know, <laughs> for a while but, there was venues there. Yeah. Right? There was a time where like the parasites, like when IDFK was pretty active, they would bring in like the parasites who are like, not a legend. They're a very well-known band. They were under lookout. I think they played with the Ramones and stuff like that. Um, but they would bring in like the parasites, the Sheckies, 
numerous brace face numerous touring bands and at the beginning of that those a lot of people would show up to those shows you were you've been to several of those yeah. and then that kind of just died down and then people then ziggy's the last show they had was you guys pudge and l o double t which everybody <laughs> <laughs> blames l o double t for them not having shows but i don't think that's it well i had fun during that show i remember i think there was an elderly lady there that that L O double T decided to kind of heckle from the stage. And I don't know. They left. I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember had anything to do with it. I quit drinking by the way. So hopefully from this point on, I've been sober for like since October, 2019. So maybe my memory will improve. When Opie passed on, I knew him for 30 years and he remembered everything specifically all the bad stuff, <laughs> but he remembered everything. So once he moved on a lot of my, previous history is gone just because i have such a bad memory like pe people in high school and stuff like that him and i went to high school together for the people that i don't know so i want to touch on that so you and opie were uh, very close you guys bounced a lot of music stuff off each other obviously you he had a lot of input in almost good music the label you ran not to dwell too much on it but the loss i mean how how long did it take you to adjust I mean, obviously, you're never going to completely adjust, but I still want to call him up and tell him stuff. I still go to my phone to text him. It's yeah, so there's still that element of it, but obviously, things just improve in time. But we we're pretty close, and it's a big part of my life that's gone. Like, yeah, and yours too, I'm sure. You know, understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Did Did you do anything for IDFK as far as Comps, I think that might have been after the label yeah. was already done. Andy Shecky, I can't think of his name. Andy Social and the forgot the name <laughs> of the band. We did put out their CD because they were looking to release it and they couldn't find a label. So Opie got me in contact with them. Andy Shecky, the Sheckies, but Andy Social and the Antidotes was so we put out their second CD. And then after that, I'm just You're I, done. Yeah. I've got zero interest in it. <laughs> I was thinking of maybe doing like a free online thing like if you want to just do something put it on Bandcamp, like almost good music presents you had sent me way off subject and no one gives a <laughs> shit about this but you had sent me that black friday deal with cds being made like a oh yeah hundred for uh hundred bucks. bucks did yeah. you end up doing that i didn't i wish i would have i like, thought you could have pre you could buy it early and then keep it there until you're ready for it i mean that's Again, like CD prices, that's unheard of like back in the day. I'm sure when you were doing the comps, they were way more expensive oh, yeah. than that. It was significantly. I forgot how much. But. Do you, I know you're an avid vinyl buyer. Do you collect CDs as well? Or is that no, something? I, so when you see a C, if you see a band you really like, you will not bite on the CD. No, I just have a CD player in my car. I guess one of my stereos at home does, but I'm just not interested. Yeah. Is it just because of the, the media or? just because of the format. I mean, I guess it's the format. I guess that would make more sense actually to um, buy CDs, which I could listen to in my car. I think my car, I have a Volkswagen Jetta and my friend Winky bought one the next year, the next year model. Mine still had a CD player. His did not. So that was probably like the cutoff. Does yours have Bluetooth? It does. Okay. Yeah. I str Yeah. That's what I listen to mostly. So vinyl, you've got crates of vinyl sitting around the house. I've got a lot. I was just <laughs> two juice, ju <laughs> two jukeboxes, two. Yeah, I've got 
three record players and two jukeboxes. That's pretty obsessive. Uh, Drew Schultz, Schultz, am I saying that right? Yes. He says, Joel, exclamation point. Tell Drew I said hello and tell him I'm drinking liquid death water. Tell him that's for Ryan. All right. So after the the vinyl resurgence resurgence goes away because right now it seems like records are getting more and more expensive is it when we talk too about getting rid of stuff yeah we have kind of cut back are you cutting back on vinyl right now or are you still probably going to exclusive company right after (laughs) (laughs) when i'm when i'm done hanging out with you and then i'm probably hitting eroding winds in oshkosh like my friend adam bartlett and our good friend john pettit works there so that's a great record label a record store to check out too um yeah. Well, Joel, I do have a ton of vinyl that I'm planning on getting rid of that I don't listen to. How are you going to get rid of it? I'm probably just do <laughs> trade-ins. There's a record store, Rushmore Records in Milwaukee, and they have this first edition of Circle Jerks Wild in the Streets. I'm going to see what I can trade them because it's 50 bucks and I don't want to pay $50 for it. I think the most I ever paid was $30 for vinyl record. Well, Joel, I want to bring somebody into the stream. Want to bring in Caleb Westfall from hey, Devil's up, Teeth? Hey, hey guys! Your new album's awesome, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thanks for work. Yeah, so I'm just gonna read the the bio here for the new album. The new album from Devil's Teeth is a spaghetti western garage rock operata inspired by the character Chong Lee from the martial arts film Bloodsport. Self recorded. Largely in a barn turned art space next to an insect infested forest on the outskirts of Milwaukee. It uh, <laughs> it sprung from the cinematic mind of guitarist vocalist John Hunusa. Am I saying that right? Yeah, Hunusa. So this is, uh, like Joel said, the, the new album's fantastic. It is. Thank you. I was going to say that it's like, it's weird that you said, said spaghetti western because in my mind it would be like, I would have described it as like an apocalyptic spaghetti western. <laughs> it's like, That's part of it too, yeah. I'm I not mean, even kissing your ass because I don't do that. <laughs> I mean, it's like extremely well. We know Caleb for a long time. We just went for a walk together last weekend. That's recently that you've seen him then. Yeah. Yeah. Caleb, I know you've been doing the, the circuit. You've done a couple of live stream things in the last week, which have been entertaining, and you can still see those online if people want to check those out. Should I be looking at the monitor to look at Caleb, or should I just be looking at you? Whatever, way, now, <laughs> whatever way you want to, Joel. So do you guys remember the first time you met? I think I do. My recollection is I think Joel was living upstairs of Joe's Fox Hut in Fond du Lac, uh, the pizza place. And I had a friend, Terry Wren, who lived up there as well. I was like 15. I was was friends with Terry. And I think I'd been in the hallway. And uh, I think Joel and Opie were up there. And I remember maybe I'd met Opie at a show and then – I think Joel, you were still living up there, and Opie had used to live across the hall, and they took his apartment or something like that. I, yeah, yeah, that's exactly. Right. on Fox Hut. It was. Fox Hut? It was above. Right Fox above Hut. Fox Hut. Yeah. Um, but then I, you know, so I was like 15 then. That would have been 2001. Um, but then I think we got to know each other better, maybe when like Giant the Fox were playing around that time. Like Giant the Fox played some shows with Offend Your Friends up at the library in Oshkosh, and I remember talking to Joel more at that so that was you know a number of years later but i knew him during that period does that seem to yeah. check true with your recollection yeah recollection? totally that would make the most sense too 
Like when, yeah, because those guys moved across the hall where Opie used to live. I remember that, Caleb, or something yeah, was, similar to that. Yeah, yeah, it was it was Terry Redden. It was uh, Todd Nutter, the original drummer of Something to Do, was the other guy that moved in across the hall there. And Caleb, you got involved with Devil's Teeth after their. They've got a couple albums out after their debut album. How did you get involved with that band? So I had been writing a column for the Milwaukee record down here in Milwaukee. Um, I, well, I haven't been writing it during the pandemic, but it's about Wisconsin fish fries. And in my blurb at the bottom or my bio or whatever you want to call it, I had said I was trying to get back into a band. So basically I put an advertisement at the end of my column. And John, um, the guitar player, singer, had seen that and talked to the guys in the band. And then I think Eric, um, the bass player, singer, reached out to me. Um, it turned out I'd actually met John once before because one of my old roommates had jammed with him and I, we didn't even really realize that, but um, yeah. So they contacted me in like September of 2017, I think. And it was magic at first practice. Yeah. It was kind of like, you know, they said they hadn't integrated someone in before and they didn't know how it was going to work. And usually the, most of the bands that I've been in, well, I guess I kind of, joined after they had started for some of those bands too but yeah it worked it worked great we just i just kind of started jamming with them and um you know that was september of 2017 and i think i played my first show in january of 18 so there was a time like there was a couple shows i went to after i was sort of you know half in the band and watching them play and like i wasn't i didn't have all the songs down that i was going to play on yet and such so um but yeah it was january of 18 that i started actually playing with them when did opie and i see you at the cactus club during that Packery halftime show, that was September 2018, I think. Okay. So, yeah, I want to say mid September 2018, we played Cactus Club in Milwaukee, great venue. Um, Milwaukee Record, in conjunction with them, puts on these halftime shows during Packer games. They didn't obviously do it this past year, but they put up some like bleachers in there. And then at halftime, instead of seeing, you know, some huge rock and roll band like you're at the Super Bowl, they open the, the doors at the Cactus Club and you go in the other room and you watch a band for they play three or four songs. And then by the time that's done, then the game's back on. You go back in the other room and uh, watch the game some more. So, uh, yeah. You saw the Devil's Teeth on a boat, didn't you, Joe? Yeah, that was 2019 also. Um, 19, yeah. Yeah. Did I say whatever? Yeah. Well, yeah. Obviously. 2019 was the same year I got to see Devil's Teeth at Mile of Music. They played up at uh, Misfits. That was a good show. Yeah, yeah that was. I do remember. And that was uh, a storm blew through Mile that day. So they ended up kind of shuffling some stuff around. And I, I think there was like a hamburgers reunion that got shuffled over there too. And it was, yep. It was, uh, that was a good, a good night. And it, I kind of say it a lot. I, I I'm glad that Mala Music is awesome, but I'm glad that venues around that don't really take part in it are taking are like doing something different because I think it just makes it makes the festival so much cooler. Like counteractive, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. And that you. place was packed that it night was. too. So that is is there been a highlight for you so far, Caleb? Playing in Devil's Teeth or a show that sticks out? I mean that that boat show was tons of fun. That that you alluded to. Um, I never played in a boat before. And uh, <laughs> that's, that's starters, you know, and it just, you know, I remember just kind of floating around and then the wind is kind of 
you know, it was a nice, cool, but warm night, sort of, you know, in between just a nice, I think it was June. And I remember like turning around and, and looking at Chuck, our drummer, and I looked behind him and the art museums right there. I mean, we, we had floated all over from uh, where we had started down the river and then out onto the lake. And then, then we were over, you know, so it's kind of like, you didn't know where you are. You lost, lost track of space and time, which is kind of what you want to feel at a rock and roll show anyway. Um, you're just in the moment. And that just like added to it, you know? It's, it's interesting because you're kind of like trapping people like they're getting on the boat. Yeah, and they can't get off. They, they kind of <laughs> exactly. The funny thing about that show too, is we didn't communicate well enough, I guess, as far as what we should have for a PA. So we didn't have a PA and they didn't have a PA and we're like, Oh shit. Like, so the bass player, Eric and I quick ran and got a PA brought it to the boat and we brought it upstairs. And like the crowd was like gathering downstairs, like waiting to get on the boat or waiting to come upstairs. I think so they were at the bar area and they were like, can we let him up yet? You know, and they had like a cord and then we just, you know, pull it. And then everyone just like, fell up. but um, <laughs> yeah, that was kind of fun too. Now looking back at it now at the time it was kind of stressful, but uh the new album you guys recorded it during lockdown or during COVID. We, well, we actually finished it right before. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. So when you were recording that album, then you were able to all be in the same room. And yeah, I mean, not all of us were there all at the same time, but it, in, in theory we could have been, yeah, it was, we finished recording it, I think at the end of 2019, you know, and uh, then it's just been in the mis- mixing and mastering process and then kind of deciding how we want to present it to the world. You know, that's been the last few months we've been figuring that out. So. Did it feel kind of weird since you weren't on the last album to all of a sudden be contributing to the next album, which obviously changes the the sound and the direction of the band a little bit? Um, you know, I think I kind of eased into it because we had we put out like an EP that I was on that, and then I was able to be on three tracks on the first album, so I wasn't like listed as a member at that point. But because they had recorded the the first album, Sukiyaki Hot right before they had contacted me, but it didn't get released until, you know, I was in the band. So I was able to play on three of those songs. I say Joe probably knows all this. That doesn't mean the people listening. <laughs> don't. I'm just saying that you probably know, like I'm asking, like I have no, a lot fine. of background that not there. That should be. No, that's oh, fine. Okay. I understand. <laughs> so anyways, yeah. when, the, when this project's done, you guys are putting out the album next month. You released yeah. a video, which w- mm-hmm. was fantastic. I know Eric's really good at, yeah, that's that's mainly him. That's he's yeah, he's great. But the the video, what did you think of the video, Joe? I haven't watched it yet. What? When did it come out? Yesterday? Uh, Friday. It's Saturday. I think yeah. What is it? One or two days. It's Saturday today. I think you guys yeah, put Thursday, it out yesterday. Thursday. Like Thursday, weekdays, okay. I'm pretty much just. I don't know. I'm all <laughs> I just go to work. It's just weekends is when I do stuff. Like, yeah. Can you, can you tell us about what the album's going to look like? the packaging because i know that the whole band is in a vinyl like releasing vinyl going to be gate folded or is it going to be yeah it's it's a gatefold eric designed all the layout of it it kind of has a desert theme cover and then the gatefold opens and it's us in there it comes the vinyl itself is going to be orange i think and it's only limited to 100 copies and wow. yeah they're going they're going pretty quick i think already so um, and then it's going to be on cassette and CD and digital, of course. So, Do you plan on touring when COVID is behind us, whenever that happens? You'll just be playing locally? Well, there's there's always been talk of going to, you know, if we get like offered to go to a different state and do something fun like that or even a different country, we'd totally do it. 
Um, there's never been a big push to do like, you know, three week month long tours or anything like that. I mean, a couple of the guys have families, you know, it's, it's not like we're trying to, you know, make it per se. We just want to play music that we think is good and want to get it out there to people. But yeah, definitely. If, if, if something comes along, I think we, we totally do it. Uh, whether that's a one-off show or, you know, something more expansive than that, but just playing shows in general would be a great starting point. You know, once, once it's safe to do so. And, you know, I think we're all kind of optimistic about where the future holds. So tell Andy about your last show. I'll tell the listeners <laughs> at home also too, about your last show listeners and viewers. What was wait, What was the last show? Wasn't it with, um, men or Astroman? Oh yeah. Yeah. Which we, a- um, we opened for man or Astroman at, um, collectivo yeah. back room in, it was like the end of February. So yeah, that ended up being our last show. And uh, a couple guys in the band are huge Manor Astroman fans. I, I'm not as familiar with them. Yeah, and then we kind of were talking to like their management at some point or a PR person and then um, looking at venues in town. And there was a couple different places that were maybe going to host the show, I think. But then eventually it landed on Collectivo. And yeah, so we got to open it. And we did a you know just a short set. And the crowd was kind of filling up as we did it. But then the show ended up being sold out, I think. And you know, little did we know that that was going to be, that was going to be it. We actually had a show booked at the same venue opening for another band on St. Patrick's day last year. And that got canceled, you know, like a week and a half before that was going to happen. So that's been about it. You know, and we were supposed to do that boat show again last year. We got booked for that. We got booked for chill on the Hill, which is a weekly thing in Bayview and a lot of other shows we had on the books kind of, but they just got paused. So hopefully we'll have maybe those same places reach out to us again. I'm sure they will. That was Manor Astroman's first show in Wisconsin in like 20 some years too, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's pretty I cool. want to say yeah. they had played at Shank Hall at some point, but I'm not sure. I thought I remember reading that somewhere. Do you uh, have any questions for uh, Joel, Caleb? <laughs> is your uh, new record, the vinyl, on a label or is that just you guys self Yes, Yes, it, it's on a local Milwaukee label called Triple I Industries. Yeah. yeah, they put out stuff by a band called Hot Coffin. One of the label owners uh, is in a kind of hip hop band called Gorilla Ghost. Um, there's a lot of other artists on there too. Um, but uh, uh, questions for Joel? I didn't, you know, I didn't plan ahead. I, I don't know. Um, that makes two of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This was very last minute. Like Andy and I were talking about it a few days ago. I left my house at like ten after twelve, and I had to be up here by one. So I was doing like ninety down the highway, and I walked in at like one fifty nine. Yeah, I was right about yeah. that. I, I did get a haircut because I knew I was going to be on screen. Yeah. I just, I just saw on Facebook. Hat, so I just put the hat on. Yeah. <laughs> just on Facebook, you haven't had a haircut in like a year or something. Uh, July 15th is my last haircut. July yeah. <laughs> Saving money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, can you tell us about the, the new video? Because we're going to play that. The new video, we... It was just the end of January where we shot um, some individual shots of the band playing and Eric melded them together to make it look like us playing on a desert. And he spent basically the whole month of his spare time, just, you know, just working hard at it. And, um, you know, it, it just, yeah, it kind of follows a visual narrative arc itself, just like the whole album does. I think the the video itself does. And I think it kind of speaks for itself. So yeah, I'll, I guess the only thing I had to do is I had to climb a volcano and you'll know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Once you see it. So, well, Caleb, thanks for joining us. Uh, oh, Cor, 
and congratulations on the release of the new video and soon to come album. Um, information on the bottom of the screen with uh, Devil's Teeth's information if you want to uh, pre-order that album. They're only doing 100, so it sounds like they're going pretty quick. Yeah, hook me up with one of those. I mean, I will buy one, but save one for me. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, yeah, thanks so much for uh, having me on and let me talk about the music. And I think yeah. you should have Devil's Teeth on in the future. Agreed. Yeah. I'd we'll like that. This is Devil's Teeth. You're listening to Core on WCZR, Code Zero Radio. Well, it's a ride of the devil's teeth. 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 
We're back. You're listening to Core on WCZR Code Zero Radio. That was a new track from Devil's Teeth. The full album comes out in a week. I want to thank Caleb for joining us on the show today. Me too. That was cool. Good job with that, Andy. Yeah. Well, good job to Caleb too for yeah calling well, in. That was awesome. Pretty, oh, you yeah, called in? Every well, you know, stream. Was that plan? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say I didn't tell you about it. It was a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> no, I enjoyed that. Thank you. So I've got Joel Ziegler on the show today. Joel's the host of High Anxiety Radio on Code Zero Radio. Airs every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We had a comment here from Brandon. He says, hey, guys, checking things out. It's not really a question, but hey, Brandon. Hey, thank you for listening, Brandon. It's been a my longest friend. I've known Brandon, good friend of mine, it's fifth grade, which I don't even think I could figure out the math. Yeah, the math. Yeah, it's too and tough. <laughs> went out to eat with him last Sunday. Him and his mom, who I've been seeing in. Well, you just so in fifth grade, you probably would have been eleven. So just subtract eleven from your current age. We don't yeah. have to say it, but that's how long ago. Exactly, way longer than not knowing them. I've known them. Yeah, it's crazy. Are there any bands that you would suggest for people to check out? Just in general, bands that you like that you enjoy from Wisconsin or just in general from Wisconsin. The M- Malones, which are uh, fragments of IDFK, very similar. Pudge, I'm a big Pudge fan. Truthfully, I used Thank to you. not be, but I became one. <laughs> I think you're probably my favorite Wisconsin band, and I'm not just saying that. Thanks, Jill. Uh, Breast Tax from Madison. They're like a street punk band. They're not really around, but they have do have a couple of albums out. 94 Distortion from Oshkosh. Once again, your drummer Sam is in that band. They have a new album out. Borsa Sprinkler from Green Bay. You know, Sam gave me their new CD and I unfortunately haven't had a chance to listen. <laughs> that was only like what two months ago? Yeah, it was. It's like a little while ago. Sorry, Sam. Well, and we're talking about CDs. It. You have a CD player in your car. I know. It's just it's just second thought just to plug in my phone and go. Unfortunately, the show's also kind of ruined music for me because now I'm always listening to music for the show. Oh. So like when I sit down and listen to an album, I'm specifically listening to, yeah, that song would go well with this other song like in my head just burned it up has covid made it harder to find new music for the show because in the past you'd be going to so many shows you maybe would see a band and go talk to them and of course you know like so how are you discovering bands today just coming across them really it doesn't really happen as much as it used to i also get stuck just listening to the same stuff over and over and over if somebody again wants to submit some music yeah just um, for consideration to your show look us up on facebook when i say us i'm not talking about myself like, <laughs> i do have a co-host sarah and pixley him and i have a show we've done one episode noise pollution yeah so hit us up have we'll you played just about anything are there any plans for any more noise pollutions in the yeah, near future just plans is a loose term <laughs> ideas yes plans we're both everybody i know is very busy you know Noise pollution is pretty interesting because you take a band through track by track of a an album. Yeah, I I really like the concept of it. It's just getting together and doing more. <laughs> I've I've got I've I'm very 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 busy with my job right now. Well, you're also you're putting together a two hour show every week. Plus, you've got the once in a while you'll go from seven until ten. You'll do three hours exactly. Sometimes. Yeah. Is there anything 
on the horizon for your show that, that you want to add to it or that you're thinking about expanding out to do besides noise pollution? Not really. Like I do want to start getting more um, people outside of Wisconsin, but I'm just hesitant to. Once you're going to shows again, would you ever take your show on the road? Probably. Maybe broadcast from a different state or. Yeah, totally. I mean, just our, my friend Drew, who was listening, we were going to do a show from Gainesville a few years ago, but it never happened. And then just with our format, I could easily interview somebody who just in the matter of minutes, just to even do it on your phone. Like if you have an iPhone, the digital quality on that. When I put together the OP tribute last year, my microphones got all fucked up the settings. So I was just using my phone to interview people and stuff and have them talk into it. And I just took the MP3 and threw it in our program. One thing that I really enjoyed, which doesn't, <laughs> Not a nice thing to say. I enjoyed it early on when I'd listen and things would go haywire for you. Yeah. Because, but it fit the show's title, High Anxiety, because, and that's happened to me too, but for some reason it was enjoyable for me to hear it happen to you. <laughs> but it's been a lot of shows currently that, like, all of a sudden the mics will stop working or something right before. No, because I pre record everything now. Do you which, prefer to do it that way over? It's a lot easier, but it's just not as fun. Like when I'm interview when I'm talking to somebody live, and then it's just more natural. I assume you feel the same way, right? Yeah, it is. It's a different adrenaline kick. It's just different. Well, if you say something stupid, you can't take it back. And I say <laughs> stupid shit all the time. Yeah, I mean, there's still one like- of the worst memories I ever have. You were there with that gentleman named Richard that time. He's oh like, yeah, 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 I remember that. Yeah, that's one of the worst. <laughs> I had to I, dig through the memory bank. Yeah. I got it. For me, it's emotionally scarred there. We don't need to say it. I'm just, unless you want to. But no, that's okay. Yeah. What's been your, your favorite show to do so far? Is there one specific show that's been? Not really. I really liked how the Opie tribute last year turned out. That was a good show. Where I took clips of people talking and stuff like that. And a lot of these shows, like the, the both Opie tribute shows, you can get on demand. Yeah. On the Cozio radio app. And then you can get the app on uh, Apple or Android and it's, you can listen to the station live and you have access to all the on-demand content. And you're really good about putting up all the high anxiety radio shows. The Opie tribute shows are still up there and people can listen to them whenever they want. Yeah. Also like when you just asked that, I also did like for my 77 show, I just played music from like 1977 and then like 82 music from 82, which are both kind of like more important years for punk. Like 77 is when it kind of broke out. Then 82 is when it kind of the more of the street punk always scene kind of went into. And then Brendan who's listening right now, him and Jason Schwefel were both on for like, I think 90 from the 90th episode. And then I think we went from 90 to 95, 99 where we took two songs from each year. And those I really, really enjoy doing too. Like, it makes it kind of challenging. It does, but to me, it's fun. Just like that's how my mind works, putting stuff together like that. How has it been as far as can I can I say you don't really spend most of your time in Fond du Lac now nowadays? Um, You're kind of around. I am. Used to be more more focused at hanging out in Fond du Lac. Correct. Yeah, I moved. No one <laughs> knows that at all. Just a small group of people. So I currently live in Milwaukee. I got a new job. Like legitimately, no one knows this. 
are you excited to dig into the Milwaukee scene? Because you probably know a little bit about it, but as far as like yeah, there's, being there and like the I I do know people in bands there, like the Stallones who've been on previously. Max is a good guy. He's also in the band the DUIs and Assault and Battery. So there are like some really good bands that I know, and I'm sure there's a lot of other bands out there that I don't, which I am excited to hear once this COVID shit is done. Hopefully soon. No shit. <laughs> oh, we're getting near the end of the show. You and I have gone to some shows together. Yeah. You know, the, you took me to a Rock the Vote show. The which, Beastie Boys. Which that was a phenomenal that, There show. you go. Like all the, all my, when I said like Cox Bar, I wasn't thinking, see, I forgot about the Beastie Boys. That may be one of my favorite shows of all time, just because I started listening to them like when License Dale came out in 1987, probably. And I've never stopped listening to them. There's a lot of stuff out there I don't like that they record. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. I just consider them one of the most important bands of all time. Well, it was the nice thing about the Rock the Vote show, too, is it was like abbreviated sets. Yeah. So, I mean, there was like some like Crosby and Stills were there or something. I mean, it's cool to say you saw them, but it was nice that they were over in like five or six songs. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you for taking me to that. I've gone to shows, you know, Motley Crue with you. And I don't know. I, there's probably only been a dozen or two dozen like sure big is. shows, but we've seen Rancid together. Yep. Lost Straight Jackets. Summer Fest like, a long time ago. There's probably a lot you just can't think of, which I'm sure there's more. You've went to Ride Fest with my brother and I. Yep. Yeah, all good times, good memories. Yeah. So again, Joel Ziegler, thank you for joining me. You are a great friend. and I consider you one too. I, I very much appreciate your friendship. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for you. You're the one who kind of kept pushing me to start a show here. Because mm-hmm. you and I were going to start a... I mean, I wanted to start a podcast with you like early 2000s. Yeah, we talked about it for quite a while. Yeah. And then when you jumped on this, you kept pushing me and I was like, eh. yeah. And I, I like to thank Bob Minter for yeah. kind of hooking me into this. That's... Bob got you started. You got me. <laughs> but it's been great. And I look forward to you know to everything we've got going in the future. And if you haven't already, check out High Anxiety Radio every Wednesday night here on WCZR, 7 o'clock p.m. And if that time doesn't work for you, download our Code Zero Radio app and Listen to the shows on demand. Joel never disappoints. Check us out on Facebook. Any Send out requests or hate mail or <laughs> whatever you want. Any any parting words? No, I'm good. Thank you for having <laughs> me on. Check out a High Anxiety Wednesday night with Andy Mack. And if you listen to this next, if you watch this next week, well, go back and listen to it on demand. <laughs> You've been listening to Core on WCZR Code Zero Radio. Thank you for listening. Thank you for having me.